Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, it's another solo intro today, so I'm going to be very quick with this. Today, I have on the show Daniel and Amy from the band Future Teens. Future Teens, who had a great record called Self Help that came out last year. Check it out if you haven't heard it already. And let's just jump straight into the interview. Yeah, do you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick? I'm Daniel. I'm in a band called Future Teens, and I play guitar and I sing in that band. I'm Amy. Weirdly enough, I also play in a band called Future Teens <laughs> and and play guitar and sing. Excellent. And I'm excited to be joined by you both because, like, I kind of I feel like your my experience with your band. I've I've had the name around for a few years or whatever, but you know, like sometimes there's names on the scene, and for whatever reason, you don't get around to checking them out, and then. When you guys put out your records last October or whatever it was, that's when, that's when. Okay, I was reading comments on Reddit. Like there was a lot of lot of love for it. It seems so. I was, I'm going to check this out, and I did, and I absolutely loved it. So, been wanting to get you on the show for a while. So, I'm excited to have to have you both here. Awesome. Thanks I feel like that's. Us. I feel like that's just like what it means to engage with music as an adult. <laughs> You're like, right. oh yeah. yeah, I just started checking out this album. It's like from ten years ago, but like it's still great. <laughs> it does happen. Like I try and like particularly obviously doing this show, try and stay on top of stuff as much as I can. Anytime mm. I hear anything about a record that, or a single that comes out, like save it to my title. I'm like, right, and must make time to listen to that. So, you know, I was I was late to the game on you guys. So apologies for that. No worries. We're still accepting accepting uh, people. <laughs> uh, so, so where are you guys? But are you Boston based? Yeah, kind of from that area originally. Daniel and Colby are from the area. Um, Maya, our bassist, grew up in Connecticut, and I am from okay. Missouri originally. I've been up here for a little over ten years now. I want to get a little bit into how how the band came together and stuff, but we'll we'll get to that shortly. Can you just kind of catch me up, like as we're talking today, like what's been happening with Future Teens recently? I know you did the audio tree thing a couple of months ago but have you, have you played many shows so far this summer not this summer um we did uh like a two quick headliners in the fall and and early spring and uh we've all just been wicked busy um okay. kind of hold, holding off a little bit till uh um the end of end of august we have a, a handful of shows in the northeast with smoking popes um that's cool. And and uh you know, taking it day by day, figuring out the fall and in the in the downtime starting to write again. Okay, got you. So like what what is life like outside of the band? So you're obviously talking about being busy. Is this with day jobs or other music projects? Because I know at least Amy, you're involved in a couple of those. What what what's kind of been op- occupying both of your time recently? You wanna start, Amy? I do certainly too much (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i work at two venues here in boston uh and i also work at the pinball parlor daniel opened this spring that i'll let him get into we both uh love pinball i have um a machine in my basement i'm fixing up for one of our managers um and daniel's basement is filled with them uh and I also tour a lot with with other bands and have two other projects of my own. So I'm 
it's too much but i'm having fun <laughs> okay all good though okay. and what about you daniel yeah so i i with a couple friends i opened a like a pinball it was a, initially a pop-up to just 10 pinball machines in a room in somerville massachusetts and then it's just it's been going really well we've built a whole community around it so looks like we'll be there for for a while so that's exciting oh wow that's okay. kind of yeah that's kind of the other that's like the ego list passion i have um i always say like when you work on a pinball machine you get it fixed and working you put out in the world like like there's no immediate uh ego boost from someone enjoying themselves playing it because usually not even there yeah uh like watching someone clap for some art you've made is i i never realized how strange it was <laughs> until i started doing something <laughs> i'm passionate about where that no one looks at you and they're like that was good i enjoyed that uh yeah. <laughs> uh with with pinball machines so it's been really uh fun and interesting and different wow i mean what when did the love of pinball start is that like a lifelong thing i was i was always anytime we were on tour and we had some time off it was like all right where's the nearest pinball machine and who can i rope in usually always amy uh to come play with me <laughs> and then when 2020 began uh just obviously we weren't touring a lot and uh i always wanted to own a pinball machine and someone said don't buy a pinball machine unless you want to learn how to fix it and i never had time <laughs> to learn and then all of a sudden i had nothing but time so kind of all just started there going back to obviously i mentioned you know when i finally listened to you guys it was when the when the record came out towards the end of last year honestly not just saying that because you're both here on the call but the song good reason that was maybe my song of 2022 it just and also it was it it, it struck a chord with me so it, it was very random i was on i was on my honeymoon at the time and i was on turtle island in borneo and that's when i first like i was lying there listening to the record for the first time and obviously <laughs> that's the s second song on the record i think and like it just you know the melody hit me straight away and like you know like it's a song will take you back to when you first got into it so that song is forever associated with turtle island in borneo randomly for me i mean that was my goal when i wrote it was i was hoping people would listen to it and on the beach <laughs> in borneo. there we go <laughs> Yeah, honeymoon is a bold place to experience self-help for the first time yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely appreciated it still um yeah i just love the lyrics to that song and, and the message and also to add added bonus to it having the little dark crystal reference in the video as well we got oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we yeah, yeah yeah that was I had just found that VHS tape and I was like, wait, what VHS tape should we, we were, so Amy and myself and uh, our friend Danny, we worked on the music video and it was like, it was probably the most fun music video we've ever made because it was just so absurd. <laughs> uh, we were just cracking up the whole time, like thinking of dumb stuff to do with this very expensive puppet. And then at the end, it was like, what VHS tape could he be watching? Oh, so obvious. It has to be Dark Crystal. Yeah, good choice. Um, yeah, that was fun. I'm still annoyed that, that did you watch the Netflix series of that a couple of years back? I started it, but it wasn't, it was kind of like, it wasn't, uh, didn't gel with my childhood memories of the movie. And so I, I just was like, I'm just going to leave those as they are. 
Oh, for, see, I loved it. But you're like my my really? brother was. Yeah, my brother was the same. He said the exact same thing as you. I mean, I'm open. I'm certainly open. To, I'm like a sucker for any puppetry. It's so impressive yeah. to me. Um, so I'll have to try it again. Let me just take things back to the start with the band, if, if if that's okay with you guys. So you guys band been a thing for about it's about nine years. Is that right? Whoa, has it been that long? <laughs> it's I, almost been that long. Twenty sixteen. I've been in the band. Yeah, I guess we met at the end of twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little more recently. And future teens existed before me. Yeah. Uh, we just we started playing a lot more after me. Got it. For whatever reason, it's how it worked. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was it initially a solo project for you? It was. So the band started as just like purely a recording project between me and my friend Gabe Goodman. Um, our friend Gabe Goodman, he's he's an amazing musician and producer out in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, um, and we were just living together, and I was like, I was like, I kind of want to play in a rock band. I haven't played in a rock band for a long time. And he's like, All right, I'll, let's let's. He's like, and I'm good at guitar, so let's. I mean, he didn't say that, but that was my uh, that was my take. Um, so, you know, just it was. There were really no um expectations at all the the goal of the band was to play a show like that was literally the goal of the band when we started and then we just kept adding goals and then when when amy joined the band it was like all right we're gonna play at great scott this like 200 cap room that'll be our goal yeah and then we we did that and we're like all right cool like what's next and we're always setting these you know these at the time i don't know i I guess in retrospect achievable goals because we've achieved many of them but uh just goals for ourselves that felt like we can be excited about every step the band takes in the process like audio tree you mentioned is was a was a goal from the beginning like oh if we could yeah, just yeah. play an audio tree that'd be so cool so obviously you you just said there that you hadn't played in a rock band for a long time did you kind of did both of you grow up playing in rock bands and on all bands of any sort Amy, you want to, you, you're more of the the rock star in your uh in your <laughs> canonically um i have played music since i was a little kid and like didn't have bands really uh before future teens i did my own thing a lot and would occasionally start a thing that just wouldn't stick um yeah and that was fine uh but I've I've always wanted to be in a band like this. I'm the the like lone person in Future Teens that uh, loved this kind of music as a kid. Daniel really liked um, the Get Up Kids until he heard Radiohead. So uh, <laughs> I still like the Get Up Kids, though. Just to okay. be clear, <laughs> true, true. We have we all have like really different um, relationships to the like emo and emo adjacent universe, and this is something I always wanted to do. Uh, and when I when I met future teens i was working on cruise ships uh as like a solo act and finding this band was one of the things that motivated me to finally quit that job what were some of the um the kind of emo bands that you liked growing up like what was some of some of your loves my my gateway band was some 41 i have a, i have an older brother he's he's eight years older than me okay. uh so he was in high school when i was uh like eight to ten and 
uh, some 41 and good Charlotte were on warp tour and, yeah. and that grew into, you know, uh, thinking I was the first seventh grader to ever hear fallout boy and, <laughs> uh, it grew from there. Okay. Do you still like hold love for some of those gateway bands that got you in? Yeah. I, that, that stuff will always be part of me. Like, even if, even if it's not in my consistent rotation, I, I think a lot of the things that have stayed consistent for me are yeah. offshoots. Like we're all so, our scene is so heavily uh, influenced by that stuff that, yeah. It's always there, even if it's not that specifically. And what about you, Dan? So you love Get Up Kids, but then you kind of heard Radiohead and that kind of like, you're like, oh, okay, music can be, uh, uh, that kind of took you yeah. in a different direction, I assume. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get back into this uh, style, like emo pop punk style music until I was listening to my friend's radio show. I, was, I had just graduated. I was about to graduate okay. college, so it was like 2012. And he was like, oh, we're giving away tickets to the show for this band Prawn from New Jersey. Great band. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was I was supposed to play a show with them many years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah they're awesome. And I was like, oh, I'll go see this band. Like free tickets. Sure. And I went to the show and the singer had the flu. In retrospect, he probably shouldn't have been singing it to a crowd. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a different time. And he he was he was like, my voice is shot. I feel like shit. And the whole crowd was like, okay, we got this. Like, and he, they were singing so much louder than he was that, and you okay. could tell on his face, like it was just making his night, like, cause he clearly felt just awful. And I was watching this show and I was just like, this is the kind of crowd I want to play for. Like, uh, you know, like I've, I've been playing so long for crowds that are like respectfully, quietly sitting there listening yeah. and that's great. But, you know, I did that for five, six years and I was like, OK, OK, I want I want to play for a, a crowd that's like not as uh, not as just like uh, excited to be there and, and, and able to show it. And now we play for for people that are um, respectfully very loud. <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect, perfect combination. They listen yeah. like and then they when they heckle, they say things like you're doing great. <laughs> very supportive talk me through the timeline a little bit so uh, as we've established you you started this project by yourself and then amy you came along later looking into you guys there's this thing about the first recording you did was what on on floppy disk as a joke like what what, what where, where did that happen in the timeline is this pre-amy or once you're with the band that's pre that's that was pre amy because that was okay. when the band was like purely a recording project and we were like what right, is the right. the goofiest medium <laughs> to release music on yeah, um, that's a good that's a good shout for it for sure yeah i mean and, we should yeah. do a we should do a floppy disk uh repress you should <laughs> <laughs> the the I, on the floppy so i had to buy a floppy disk burner to make them because i was like if i'm going to do this i'm actually going to put music on it but a floppy yeah. disk holds like 1.2 megabytes. <laughs> so if you actually are able to listen to the music, it is so low quality. <laughs> it's like <laughs> absolutely horrendous sounding. Uh, and I put a little secret note on the floppy disk to be like, congrats, you somehow access this. I don't know if anyone's ever done it, but so, so someone uh, I know, out at, their le- old I know at least one person who has. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, got went out and found a, a floppy reader specifically for us. That's well, I'm glad I put something on it because otherwise that would have been very disappointing. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, like, obviously, we didn't take ourselves very seriously, and and that that tenant sort of like uh, has lasted throughout the band of we don't take ourselves too seriously obviously like we're passionate about it and we're excited but yeah we're not you know you know we we are writing about heavy subjects but you know in a hopefully a way that's approachable and relatable and um and and really it was like when amy joined the band uh that it was I was kind of like all right you want to like play some shows not in Boston and he was like yeah like let's do it and so we booked like I think like maybe like a weekend or New York Philly kind of thing and I think it was in in terms of like uh seminal events in the band it was probably like our first Twitter fully Twitter booked tour uh and we played a show at our friend Kendall's house venue in Sioux City Iowa uh had none of us had ever been there before we had no idea what it was going to be like and we showed up it was probably a five band bill and and everyone definitely definitely five band bill but like 20 minute sets or whatever and we started playing our set and everyone in the room was singing along and i remember like looking at each other just being like what's happening like is this like a a prank (laughs) (laughs) Um, cause it was, it was extremely surreal. You know, we had never been, we never played a show outside of really the Northeast and all of a sudden we were in Iowa and there's people singing along. So that, that was special and, and definitely, uh, inspired us through the rest of the tour. Wow. So that must've been a big moment. And was, so the band in its current form, was that, was that how the band was then? Or have you changed or added members since, since then? Um, we had Maya by then. Okay. Yeah. I think we Maya did that first bass, weekender. Right? Yeah. We did that first weekender that was like Philly, New York, Syracuse or something like that. Uh, yeah. with the original drummer and the original, um, guitar player. Cause Daniel used to play bass in this band. Um, and, uh, that was uh, Dylan Vatican, who's an incredible tattoo artist here in Boston now, and Nick Cortezzi. He's in Brooklyn in a band called Marinera that that really rules. And I think by the time by the time we did that Sioux City show, Nick had moved to to Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. Hard feelings had just come out. Um, yeah. So we had we had Maya by then. Uh, Maya, we Maya and Dylan went to high school together and reconnected over over music and um she came to to play with us and vibe check and um after that she sent us the most beautiful text that uh just expressed her excitement and interest about being in the band uh it felt like it felt like getting a like a text after a first date and you're not sure how the other person (laughs) felt and then you're like yeah yeah. this rules Uh, i'll get to see that cool person again and that's what uh, okay. sold it for us with Maya. Um, and then we we got Colby like a year later. Yeah, okay. about right. Yeah. yeah, okay. And we met Colby through. Um, he played in Daniel's folk band. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I saw one of you guys saying in another interview about um, cold emailing labels, and and it was take this to heart <laughs> that actually got back to you from that. Um, at what point were you doing that, and were you doing that to 
a whole i assume you're doing that to a whole host of labels at the time yeah the only two people who responded were jamie coletta when she was working at what was that old label called i can't side one dummy yeah that's it oh she was like this is she was like this is cool but like we can't put it out right now because they they were and they were about to fold i think like things were kind of bad yeah so shout out Jamie Coletta for responding. Uh, and then yeah, Joe Yeah, we've Urban. gotten to work with her since, and she is the best. Yeah, truly. Awesome. Um, and then Joe of, of Take This to Heart, he responded. I was like, I think I was actually about to get on the plane to go to Scotland with my mom. Um, All right. Okay. And yeah, and I was like, oh, I'll just send a few emails. I'll send like one more email. Because I'd sent so many, and I, I've been doing that literally since high school, like cold emailing email, uh, labels, and it's actually never worked. Literally never worked. <laughs> but I'm, but I am. I was so determined. I don't know. I was like, I was like, I think this record's really cool, and I feel like, you know, maybe someone can help us pay to print vinyl. That's like really what we were looking for at that point. Because okay, okay, you know, uh, and he responded, and then he was like live listen he was listening to the record and respond and writing emails as he was listening like like probably got like five emails from him he's like oh this song's sick oh i really like th- like this song it was like yeah. texting but with emails and i was like oh shit, yeah this is cool um and yeah he's he was just a champion for the band for for our first i mean still is but he really helped us uh uh with you know connecting the dots for like booking agent manager all these things joe was was essential for that uh, okay so and he's of... he like still champions us and and fights for us even like releases that haven't been on take this to heart he's um yeah. he's become like a really close friend uh he's the best and just fights so hard for his bands that's awesome like so he was such a big part of you kind of in your history and going to the next stage and that you still have that relationship with him's really oh yeah that's very very cool um yeah no like that's just amazing to get a response as we're saying like cold emailing i feel like you must have said you must have said something in there to attract his attention because i feel like you know the people like it even at at his level would just get hundreds of emails a week i i I think maybe well i don't know what i could ask him what piqued his interest but the the record was done so it was like mixed and mastered so we i think that is appealing to a label where it's like it's not like, hey, here's some like iPhone recordings. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, if they're yeah. killer. But like, we were like, no, nah, just do it on our own and see what happens. Um, so we'd mix the record with Justin Pizzofrato. He's a great engineer in Western Massachusetts, and then we mastered it. And we we're like, all right, now let's see if anyone wants to put it out. So it's a little more appealing, I think. Got it. So once the band's a bit more established, you've got the link with. Um take this to heart what what are some of the did you get on some good local shows or was it like going pretty much straight to full-on tours once you had i guess you, you mentioned that he linked you up with a booking agent what what was that kind of transition like we diy toured exclusively until uh early 2019 when we were right. uh first of five on a full us with hot mulligan <laughs> oh right okay okay uh, everything before that was just hustling and booking stuff through our friends on Twitter, which is like kind of an insane sentence in the current yeah. Twitter economy. Was that with anyone 
no, who would be notable now or or notable at the time even? Uh, World's greatest dad. We met the band proper. Uh, yeah. DIY tours and did a bunch of shows with them. Okay. Over the years. Good looking friends. They always helped us out in New York. They're great. Uh, we did a tour with uh, the Sonderbombs and Barely Civil. Oh, yeah, it's fun to have an, an all take this to heart tour in there. That's cool. Yeah, we we played shows with so many incredible people and yeah, got to. There's something really incredible about DIY and the way doing that built really special community for us. There's so many people whose houses we played at or who we met in disgusting basements that we still see and call our friends. What did it? So when you got the Hot Mulligan tour, what was that experience like? Because that must have felt different to what you'd been doing up until that point. Was it? That must have been exciting, presumably. It was so yeah. fun yeah. and also grueling. Right. Yeah. I mean, there were, it was, uh, it was like, almost, it was like a month and a half or something. Or it was, yeah, a month, it was, right? It was, it was no, it was six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It was something like 35 shows in 42 days or something like that, plus two days of travel on either end. Cause it started and ended in the Midwest. Right. Right. Uh, we spent, we spent way too much money on coffee. Found out <laughs> that, um, pop punk kids, we, there's like a surprising amount of crossover between like kids that like pop punk and kids that like us. Um, I think it was, although grueling, uh, very eye-opening and showed us some pretty huge possibility, made us really hopeful. Safe to say you picked up a lot of fans on that run. A lot relative to like how many people actually showed up for the like <laughs> oh, doors at yeah. five, show at six situation <laughs> we, were, we were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The older fans. Or the or the or the ones who wanted to get like in the front row, uh, before you know, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was it was exactly what it sounded like in the best and worst way. You know, it was a five yeah. band, so there's like lots of great music, lots of great musicians, but lots of people, and uh, and the shows are long and loud, yeah. and it's just it was it was great and kind of wild, and but we you know we played in a lot of cities for the first time ever, so. It's and and there were people there, which you really can't do if you're doing it. It's harder for DIY to like plan San Francisco and Los Angeles and San Diego and like anyone be there if you've never played there before. So, so it was nice. Every show there was someone there for us, and that was mind blowing. We had only ever played in the Northeast and Midwest. How how much were you touring in 2019? Like, how much of your life was it taking up at that point? I added it up once. It was, I think, more than six months of that year. Wow. Okay. It was intense. We went, so yeah, for the Hot Mulligan tour, we put out one single, which was from our second record, Breakup Season. And then around, was it, then we next tour we had was with Oso Oso. And it was Breakup Season out by then? I think it, it came out in the middle of it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And then we had, very little time off before we did wonder years right oh yeah we did halloween shows with the wonder years uh as ourselves and also as carly ray jepson (laughs) 
Um, and then, and then tore down the fest and back. How did the Wonder Years shows come about? Was that just your booking agent linking that up, or had you established? Because I know obviously you have a connection with them now. Had you established that connection with them by then, or, or was it via those shows? We met Dan about a year prior uh, through yeah. Joe at Take This to Heart. I was going to say, I remember we were, we were doing some brutal drive, and then we were like, huh, Dan Campbell just followed us on Twitter. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, why? I mean, maybe, and then I think we messaged him. We're like, hi, or something. something. <laughs> no, like, we hi, just, sent, cool, or we just sent back the starry eye emoji. That's all. Yeah. Oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. And then, and I think Joe texted us and was like, why'd you do that? You have to act like you've been here before. And we were like, no. <laughs> They're like, no, why do we do that? Let's just act like and themselves. Then, and then Joe sent us a screenshot of an email from Dan after he heard the like four demos for breakup season that we had. Um, yeah. I like, if I ever think that I'm a shitty songwriter, I just pull up the screenshot of that email. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, nice. oh, one of my favorite songwriters uh, thinks that we're good at this. Yeah. That <laughs> means something to me. And I, I can't actually be total, total trash uh, if that's true. Um, I think I think Daniel and Colby were out getting us lunch. We were in Sioux City. Uh, oh, we were, yeah. And uh, Daniel and Colby got it first and came back to me and Maya and was like, "Hey, uh, take a seat real quick." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Before oh yeah, us back. oh yeah. No, Joe called me. He goes, "Are you sitting down?" I go, "Well, I'm driving, so technically I'm sitting down." <laughs> <laughs> And then he's just like, Dan Campbell likes your music. And I was like, and like, I, I just, I'd literally maybe two months earlier started listening to the wonder years because of uh, Hanif's essay on the wonder years. I, I remember I was like mulching my yard and, and reading Hanif's book. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh, I should probably listen to everything he's writing about. Cause he's got great music taste. So I just listened to the entirety of the wonder years discography uh, okay, while yeah, I was mulching yeah. my yard. Yeah. And so through that, Dan, became uh like a major champion of the band and a really dear friend and and took on some like management roles um and he's he's still a, a really close pal we love that guy yeah. and he um was kind enough to bring us on that on that quick halloween tour and we had so much fun we love that band all of those guys yeah. are yeah our buds and really incredible people um, everything that you would hope that band would be, they they are. That's who they are. <laughs> I can, I can't say I know them per- well. I, Casey's been on the show before, and we we still oh, know, nice. we talk over email sometimes. I I, I just saw them play at Two Thousand Trees last week, and uh, which oh, my nice. first time, yeah, it was my first time seeing them for a few years. Uh, I thought they were really on form because obviously they had got that new record behind them, and it was yeah, it was pretty special. Yeah, they're yeah, an incredible so, so band good. to watch. I I could watch that band every single night for a very long time yeah. and get <laughs> yeah. something new out of it every time. Mm-hmm. So going back to the timeline, so obviously 2019 sounded like a huge year for you guys. And then obviously 2020 was very different for obvious reasons. Um, how, how did you guys navigate through that 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 
tough period. It was pretty crushing to lose some of the stuff we had planned. We were supposed to go out with Spanish love songs and dollar signs. And oh wow! like every tour, it was rescheduled like three times. And then sure. the industry finally realized this is all not going to happen for we're not sure how long. Yeah. Uh, the tour that never was. Along with them, we were also the day that everything shut down, we had just driven to New Jersey to play the first of a few shows with um, Pronoun and Proper. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, Great Scott being our like first ever Madison Square Garden, uh, we had sold out Great Scott that weekend. So we were were, like, right. So excited. We'd like hit this major milestone and then everything shut down. And I think like everyone, we were in denial that our yeah, year yeah. was going to be like that. Um, and I'll, I'll never, I, I say all the time, like I would never be, I'll never be thankful that COVID happened. It's, um, you know, ravaged every person in a different way, but it gave all of us the opportunity to sit with ourselves and get the help we needed to get and, and like recenter what's what's important to us, reevaluate how we want to approach this band. Like we don't need yeah. to tour six months out of the year for this band to go where we want it to go. And that might actually be unsustainable for us as as people in our bodies and our brains. Um, yeah. for me it gave me the opportunity to like really overhaul my my mental and physical health and okay. uh learn how to learn how to do this in a way that's sustainable for me your sort of band life balance is it a lot more healthy for for what you needed and how so how many weeks or months a year are you guys touring now in comparison to what it was during that crazy period before before the pandemic hit i I feel like we're just kind of starting to to ramp up a little bit um okay uh and kind of figuring that out like in real time and uh like do we get to spend as much time together as we'd like no definitely not um Mm -hmm. but uh it's uh we all want to and we all want to play more shows and and part of it's just like learning to be patient with 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 everything um yeah it's it's definitely a balance it's a balance uh yeah but you know we're we're just we're we're we just played some shows with uh with the airborne toxic event we did like three dates with them that was out of out of the blue like they were just like hey you want to do these three dates we're like sure of course and that was you know like oh right like this is why uh we do this because it's just there's really nothing better so that was definitely affirming in a lot of ways yeah touring's like it's still such a log jam everyone's trying to get back to it and there are so many bands and not very many tours. And uh, for us, like 2019, we didn't say no to anything. Yeah. And it sounds like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that was awesome. We had the best time. It was a really good experience, but we came out of it knowing like having to learn that it's okay to say no sometimes or to like, if we say no to something that doesn't mean we'll never have an opportunity again. Um mm-hmm. So we are more thoughtful about our approach to it of like, yeah, we'll still 
throw spaghetti at the wall and like submit for tours and and our our agent does a really awesome job of of um advocating for us and really understands what we want um but i think like daniel said we're just ramping back up to it and uh you know in this timeline it's hard for anyone to ramp back up to what they wanted but sure yeah figuring it out as we go and it's our favorite thing to do so it'll happen the uk tour is a great example of that because we had started planning a uk tour for 2020 it was end of 2020 and that got pushed off till last year and then we finally did it and it was like probably the most fun tour i've ever been a part of it was like hour and a half two hour drives crowds (laughs) were amazing yeah yeah like we just it was like vacation (laughs) it was so idyllic incredibly fun yeah it was just a yeah so more tours like that had you well i know i know your answer daniel because you you mentioned before with with the uh take this to heart thing you're getting on the plane to scotland at the time um but what about you amy had you been to the uk prior to never no oh wow okay so first time okay yeah it was awesome the the first couple cities in in europe i had been to uh one says like a small child too young to appreciate it and then oh, once yeah. in college uh yeah. but getting to do all of that with my best buds doing this thing we really love doing and being so shocked every single night at at how cool mm-hmm. and sometimes large the the crowds were my little brother flew out to see us, which was a really oh, sweet and cool. Awesome. We played yeah. a lot of pinball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was oh, one that... of every, it was everyone's favorite tour, maybe ever. And the band wow. we were out with, Snowcoats, uh, they're from from the Netherlands. They are so good and so sweet. <laughs> we had so much fun getting to know them. Were there any particular places or venues that stood out that that you guys really really enjoyed when you were here? Um, we played a show through so we played two shows in london both were like the perfect like two different types of shows that we like to play like the first one was at what was it fighting cox fighting cox like that. yeah so that that's, was like, um, that's that's near that's near where i am uh because i'm i'm walking on thames but i'm near kingston i was just at the okay. fighting cox at oh, the yeah. weekend yeah it's a great venue and bar it yeah, was so like, much fun Banquet and getting to meet everybody from Banquet that night, too, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, Banquet's great. Sweaty and loud and just mayhem and packed and so fun. And then the next night we played... Camden Assembly. Yeah, like a nicer like like a nicer venue with, like, air conditioning. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and the sound was killer and the crowd was great. It was just different and great. You'll appreciate this, Amy. That was... Um... The first time I went to Camden Assembly, which used to be the well, it was the bar fly at the time, but I saw that was the first time I saw Good Charlotte was that venue, which was oh my uh, god, that's so sick. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, good times. Any other any other like particular towns or cities that you remember liking when you were over here? Deaf Institute was super cool. Yeah, that was fun. There, every single show was was really amazing. Uh, yeah, the. The two shows in the Netherlands, the the first one in Rotterdam was on a literal boat. Uh, And then the second one in Amsterdam, uh, there were like seven people there, uh, including two 
Americans who were there on their honeymoon. Oh, yeah. uh, it was really, really fun and cool. And uh, that one was, that's one of the most memorable we talk about all the time because we just, we just all, it, it was, it felt so low stakes and we just got to play our hearts out for all these people who some of them knew who we were. Some of them had no idea. And someone came up to us after and was like, man, no one's here. Like, I can't believe it. This is so messed up that no one's here. I'm so sorry for this crappy show. We're like, no, that was so fun. We Yeah. Like they didn't believe that we were, that we could have had fun with seven people in the room. I was (laughs) like, well, as long as the seven people are interested, it's Man, yeah, they have yeah. they have truly no idea how much worse we've done for less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got any thing in the diary for coming back this way anytime soon? We hope so. We definitely put it in our booking agent's ear. We're like, hey, okay. so we really okay. want to go back to the UK, and he's like, all right, let me look yeah. into it. So it's it's hopefully on the docket. Since your most recent record came out. Uh, late last year how how's the reception been to that because i guess it's been it's been a little while now i mean what about nine months it's been out for overall 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 great but it's different when you're like you're it definitely feels like more of a void when you put a record out and don't play it every single night for a year i see um because there's like i was saying at the beginning of our call there's like there's no immediate gratification like it, it it's like it takes until you play a show or talk to someone or whatever, like to be like, Oh, like this song really resonated with me. I really, you know, it meant a lot to me to hear like, and, uh, and that's kind of why in a lot, in a lot of ways, why we do it is like, Hey, we're sharing our feelings and, and we wonder if anyone else feels the same way. And, yeah. and so getting, that's really the feedback where that always feels the best or that means the most is when someone is like, you know, relates to some like what what seemed like a very hyper specific emotion you were feeling at the time they're like oh my god yeah that same thing happened to me and that that's kind of that's a connection where you know that that happens most at shows i think we sometimes feel like um i think i think it's daniel that that said this like if we're not touring are we even still a band (laughs) um and that's like that's definitely not of course we are touring is not an end all be all, but because it's one of the parts of being in this band that means most to us is like yeah. experiencing that, uh, communal catharsis together. Um, when we're not touring, it, the imposter syndrome creeps in pretty hard. Uh, yeah, okay. two things I go back to when I feel that way is, um, played a Boston show the day after BYOB came out. Uh, and the crowd knew every word within 24 hours, just that, insane. That's incredible. And, uh, and then the record came out and we immediately went on tour and night one, I don't remember where the tour started, but night one, first song. It goes also, New York City. This, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That very weird show in New York City. It was extremely yeah. fun. Um. Yeah, song number one. Everyone screaming, "Fucking tired!" Back at us and looking oh, at each other yes. like, yeah, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think sick. that that's a show that like 
I felt great about and the rest of the band was like that sucked we played I played so bad we, we well, never the, say we played bad it's always like we're hardest on so. ourselves the, ven- yeah. the venue yeah. was incredibly cursed and then I almost died Very eating cursed. pizza afterward other than that it's great. <laughs> you you almost died eating pizza did you say yeah yeah you know when like you're choking on food and then you're like yeah. oh I'm choking and then it comes oh, up oh shit yeah 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 and then sometimes yeah. it doesn't and then you're like oh yeah. okay I need to do something or, I'll, or I, I won't be able to breathe um, Daniel was, was, was in the driver's seat of the van as we were leaving and three quarters of the band was really sad <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> screaming at them all the stories from the merch table of how actually though it went well and then Daniel <laughs> like the car starts moving and Daniel's coughing and we have this bit uh, of like old man dies drinking coffee which it is not going to make any sense uh, without the visual. And okay. I, it's, just I, how, it's just how Colby and I both know we're going to die is like drinking a really strong cup of coffee. That's like the short of <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Go straight the, to our the, heart. Bit, the bit that they do is just like, like a, a concerned dead face and clutching their chest. Like, and yeah. uh, I thought Daniel was doing that because the pizza was good. Okay. But he was actually choking and and the pizza uh, was good, but I was also you know going to die from it. So <laughs> <laughs> no matter how bad a show we ever have, as long as no one chokes on pizza, I think it's going to. I yeah. think everything's okay. Yeah, it's our and new metric. The, uh, <laughs> it's a good one to live by, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mentioned you got some shows with Smoking Pipes, which is very very sick. That's very cool. I like. Uh, like that they're doing stuff with younger bands because I saw Deanna from Sincere Engineer like put out a cover with them the other week. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, nice. which, uh, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so obviously, you, as you said, you've played with some amazing artists. Who Who's on the bucket list for artists you've got like in, in your vision you'd love to tour with? For me, there's so many, but I definitely, that Spanish Love Songs tour, I was really looking forward to seeing them every night. Like, I just, I love their music so much. I think it's awesome. And I know they're just about to put out a new record. Yeah, yeah. But as far as I know, we are not touring with them on their new record. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But hopefully someday. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll try and convince them to go to the UK with us or something. Because I feel like I've heard that people in the UK really do. Enjoy yeah, they, yeah, they're very popular here. And they, they seem to love a trip here as well. In fact, um, he was, but that was before we started doing the, the show, like on Zoom, we, um, Dylan very kindly came, came to my flat at the time, which was good times. Oh, nice. What, what about you, Amy? What, what are some of the ones for you? I'm racking my brain right now, but it's, it's like when someone asks you like, what, what are you listening to lately? Or what are your influences? Yeah. And then you can't yeah. think of a single band. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, we, the, the Spanish Love Songs tour is is one of the the biggest. It, I think, it's hard. Sometimes I have a hard time, uh, like, doing a bit a big dream uh, about touring because I don't want to okay. get my feelings hurt. <laughs> uh, I mean, so we, more that, shows than John Allison, right? Maybe. I mean that's that would be a dream. We we that only got to do dream. like three uh, days John Allison Weiss is like one of has been one of my favorite songwriters for over a decade. Uh, yeah. and in the last several years has uh, become a pal, did the artwork for both breakup season and uh, self help and 
we got to play a couple of shows with them on the West Coast and we got to be their backing band. Uh, and it nice. was so, so fun. fun. We want to so do that fun. again really bad. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so after the Smoking Popes shows, have you got anything sort of on the agenda for the rest of 2023 that you can, that, you can, that you're able to share at least? We're working on it. We've got some very cool stuff, both like, both like, uh, tour stuff or show stuff and not show stuff coming up that we're, we're working on. And I, Oh, the other shout out I'd like to say is that Amy's been crushing it on our Patreon. We have a Patreon now, uh, nice. with lots of, uh, fun and strange things to, uh, engage <laughs> with. Um, so that's been, that was a fun project for him. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think there's like a whole cute, cool community of people on there now. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. And if people want to find that, I assume that's on the links in your bio and your Instagram, yeah. etc. That'll be pretty easy to find if if people are looking at your social medias. So uh, definitely, if you haven't checked that out and you're listening, go and do so, please. Mm-hmm. We usually finish with like a few quick fire questions. So is it cool to fire some of them at you? Yeah, of course. All right, let's do it. Um, favorite TV show? Uh, Six Feet Under for me. Abbott Elementary. What favorite movie? I'm just going to say The Thing. That's my recent favorite movie. Classic. I can't think of a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Passion of the Christ. um, (laughs) Veggie Tales. (laughs) Well, don't. Okay, ask me about my religious trauma, why don't you? (laughs) Uh, The Toy Story franchise. Solid answer. Solid answer, yeah. UK food or US food? Oh, I thought that was the our favorite UK food. Uh, I I think if I lived in the UK, I would eat a hand pie every day, and that wouldn't be good for my body. Uh, because I I just we had a lot of hand pies, and so in terms of like longevity, I have to say US food. But I'm sure there's things you can eat besides hand pies. Uh, just... Fortu- fortunately there is <laughs> i think even when i ate a lot of hand pies my body still <laughs> felt better <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna go uk food okay i'm gonna give you three previous guests that we've had on the show you can only save the music of one of these artists <laughs> um, mm-hmm. who should i go for okay i'm gonna give you the Get Up Kids, New Found Glory, and Sum 41. Oh, I mean, definitely. Get, uh, for me, that's easy. Get, get Up Kids. I do. <laughs> I did. I did love New Found Glory a lot. Uh, and I liked, I liked Sum 41 too, but definitely Get Up Kids. I still listen to uh, something to write home yeah. about frequently. Classic record. Yeah, it's Get Up Kids for me too. Oh, okay. Nice. And yeah, but I love some forty one and always will, but uh it's more they're more a nostalgia band for me than they are but, like a mainstay. Whereas Get Up Kids are still kind of that yeah. got it. Yeah. Still yeah, feels uh relevant to who I am. And final question. I don't, you don't have to pick one because it's very difficult, but give me one or two contenders for your favorite album of all time. All time. All right, my, my my one or two 
recently want recently have been uh uh Bruce Hornsby uh, uh it's hard to pick between the two there's two that I really like and I can't remember which one's which well probably Bruce Hornsby the way it is and uh James Taylor new moonshine those are my right, just yeah, yeah. yeah just can I could you could put them on I would always be in the mood to listen to either one um I think I think for me it's Carly Drepson's emotion though the loneliest time is catching up hmm. that record bangs uh and fly by the chicks I really love the um Jack Antonoff record with the chicks from last year it was yeah so good Oh wow, that's that sounds like a Mad Libs uh, record, does. but I didn't know it existed. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Do yeah, yeah it might. Teddy Geiger did a bunch of songs on that record too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It might be sorry, not last year. It might have been the year before, but the the recent one has some oh. some of some of the hooks on that. Wow, yeah, impressive. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks so much for giving me your time. Um, it's really it's been really cool to chat to you guys because you know I love what love what you do and um yeah i no, really appreciate it and hopefully see you over this way again soon yes can't wait yeah, thanks for so. having us thank awesome. you all right thanks guys